Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Let's see where we go. That what is, is going on, besties? <laughs> Welcome to a, another episode of the Best Life Podcast. And I'm your host, Jill Coleman. And I'm your other host, Danny J. <laughs> I always feel like it's so formal when we do that. I feel like I'm like I'm like a, a DJ at like a radio show. Oh my God. When I was younger, I literally, when I grew up, I wanted to be a DJ. I Dude, thought everyone had the did. best job. <laughs> Why I wanted to be on the radio. I, yeah. You know, I think because that's all we did in like middle school was listen to the radio and mm-hmm. they had like the morning, the morning crew that was always fun. And I thought that would be the coolest job to work on the radio. And basically that's what we're doing. Look I was going to say, I grew up listening to Howard Stern. So like, yeah. you know, in like high school and stuff and, you know, after high school, because in mm-hmm. Bo- obviously he was huge. So, um, you know, what's really interesting about that is that, and I love this because I feel like this is the evolution of podcasting. And like, this is why like someone like Joe Rogan is so popular. Like that dude just turns a mic on that dude never has an agenda. Like Joe Rogan yeah. just gets someone on, but people obviously show up to listen. So every time with Keith, when I'm like, Hey, we're getting ready to, you know, record the best life podcast. I'm like, we don't really have any great ideas. He goes, just turn on the mic. It's fine. People just want to listen. They don't care. And I'm like, well, I know to prepare a little bit. Um, <laughs> but the reason why people love to listen to Howard Stern, obviously he was so real and so raw for the time. And like he was having conversations that no one else was like having in real life. And people would say they'd listen for like on average three hours a day because they wanted to hear what he was going to say next. And that's like so cool. But remember, like he was the first person to like, just be super like all like raw and real and transparent and like, you know, just say things that like no one else would say, but people were thinking. And I think that's like now the podcasting of us, we get feedback like that too, for the best life. Like people feel like we're, you know, we're all girlfriends talking together, like real conversations that we'd have with their girlfriends. Like, so it's really cool. He was so controversial, but he was like the original podcast actually. Yep. When he went to like serious radio, um, I remember just listening to the morning show people in middle school, but I know when Howard Stern came to Vegas radio, it was a big deal. Like there was so there was news about it because he had to get on a certain station. I think they, you have to bid for stations. And because he was like a national guy versus mm-hmm. like the local people, mm-hmm. it was this huge deal. And I was not allowed to listen. Of course I did, but I was not allowed to do a lot of things, you know, but of course growing you up did. the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. you had to. But, you but, know, I thought he was um, it was so weird to have a DJ that didn't play music. Right. Remember yeah. Everyone was like, that's weird. Like, no, I'm listening to the radio for music. But then all of a sudden you start listening to him and you're like, actually, I don't want to listen to music like he's so good. Yeah, it was so funny. I remember the only thing I thought was weird was he was constantly getting these women on to do writing like this. It's called the Sibian. Right. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And I was like, OK, there's a, that kind of bored me. I'm like, all right. You just listen to somebody writing on this sex toy machine. But anyway, (laughs) that's not what we're talking about today. (laughs) No, we are talking about this. This is actually um, an idea that Connor gave us as well. And I think this is good, you know, in terms of talking about relationships, basically having a conversation of if you're in a long-term relationship or even a short-term relationship, I guess, how do you know when the relationship needs some watering Mm -hmm. and when it's good to go. So, you know, talking about, and and Keith and I have this conversation a lot, 
But do you like, need to spruce it up. Yeah. Do you need to like, and when we say spruce up, it doesn't mean like, oh, we need to like get like crazy in the bedroom. It's more like, do we need to like, are you good? Are we good? Like, yeah. what are we, you know what I mean? Versus like, just if things feel good. And I think this is a, an important conversation for someone who's maybe ever gone through infidelity because one of the things that one of the two things, and I, maybe you can verify this if this is your experience, but when people found out that my husband had an affair, they would ask one of two questions. Were there any signs? That was always one of the biggest ones. Mm. Like, Ooh, were there any signs? Like what they want to know. And I think obviously people want to know like to what, what to look out for and whatever. It was kind of like a cautionary tale. And, you know, there weren't that many signs, mm-hmm. you know, at least at the time, you know, but then in retrospect, you're like, oh yeah, maybe that was a thing. Maybe that was the thing. And you sort of fill in the gaps, but at the, in the, t- in the moment, there really wasn't all that many red flags. The second question that always got asked, and I always fucking hated this. People would say, did you just not really, you weren't having sex anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, no, we're still having sex like three times a week. Yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. even when he was having an affair, you know? So it's not always what you think. I think people think, oh, like you're not having sex or like yeah. it's a sexless marriage. So he had to go, obviously he had to go somewhere else or whatever. It's like, not that. And it does make you feel shame. Like, should I have seen the signs? Were yeah. there red flags that I missed? And so I don't know about you, but like I'm in my relationship now, I, I wouldn't say I'm hypervigilant, but I'm definitely like on the fucking lookout. Do we need to have more conversations? You know, should we even get something more like official in place? Like maybe once a month we have a conversation or we, yep. you know, go to therapy just once a month for maintenance or what does that look like? So I don't know what your experience with that is. Oh, I'm definitely more hypervigilant now because that's the big thing is I thought things were fine. And then you start to look back and question yourself and go, if things feel fine, are they not fine? Are they bad? Totally. And it's like, if nothing's being said, does that mean that things are going on that you don't know about? So it is interesting thinking back. And it's really funny. Cause I just was thinking about this last night. I was at my dad's house because it was my, his, it was his birthday. So, you know, I was thinking about my mom and, um, I remember she actually, said something like hinting that Nate was having an affair before I found out. And I remember she said this, she kind of made this comment and I was like, how dare you even suggest? And so she had an idea already. Like she was seeing some kind of signs and the signs she was seeing were things like, I guess she told me later that he was just dressing up a little bit more. He was wearing cologne and he had started going back to the gym. I had I felt like he was kind of losing his confidence. So for me, I just thought, oh, he's just working out again and feeling good about himself again. And of course, now looking back, I'm going, Oh, those were signs. Cause he was like dressing up for someone else and trying to look good and smell good for her. But it does make you question your reality, I guess. And you start to go, if things feel fine, like in my head, I'm like, if things feel fine, then things maybe aren't fine. Like we got to do something. And I don't, I hate that, but I hate that. And you know, and it's something where we, we talk about, you know, we were talking about this a couple episodes back about priorities and how sometimes when things are good, you just kind of let them coast. So like, let's say your fitness, you're always used to go into the gym. You you always go four or five days a week. It's like good. It's whatever. So it's not like first thing on your priority list. And maybe you're there in your relationships. You're like, we're good. We're having, maybe you are having like date nights and doing those things. So it's not high on your priority list, but I think the trouble can maybe come is when you're just coasting for too long, but like, what is too long? I mean, and maybe there's seasons in life. Like you've got young kids, you've got little toddlers and things like that, where your just relationship is not top priority and you can't focus on it. So I don't know what the, the, the right idea is, but I do think to your point is maybe setting in place scheduled things. I think that's one of the things that we've come to is just, 
I think it's really easy to let things slide if it's not scheduled, especially in relationship. And even you and I were like, Hey, let's, let's schedule a quarterly girls meeting. Let's schedule this. So I think any relationships you want to maintain, it almost has to be scheduled so that you don't lose track and lose sight of things. Cause life gets so busy. It's really easy to lose track of relationships and conversations with people. I know. And I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, you know, even you and I had our like little girls weekend and I was like, shit, that was like six weeks ago now. Like that was, you know what I mean? I was like, oh, that was just right around the corner. So like time is really flying. And I agree with you. Um, Keith and I had this conversation when we were in Hawaii and I was kind of like, you know, I'm thinking about like the relationship sort of like, (laughs) like mowing the lawn. Like you just have Mm -hmm. to do it every once in a while. Like you have to almost like just to maintain it. Right. You have to sort of check in. And I don't think it has to be this like big, scary thing. Like, you know, where sometimes I feel like, you know, especially men, I feel like, you know, if you're having a conversation that is a like a serious conversation or a relationship or a conversation about the relationship that somehow it's, it means something's wrong with the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked quite a bit about that where I think for him, he's like, if nothing's wrong, then we're good. And if I yeah. do have something to bring up, I don't want to bring it up because I want to ruin the fact that things are going well, you know, where I don't see it that way. I see it as like, Hey, like that actually helps us. I feel like become closer and have a deeper connection. And to me, like that's more intimacy. Like if you feel comfortable enough to like bring something up to me, even if we're having like great week, great month, like whatever, it's like, those are the times to like, be like, Hey, let's, let's deepen the connection and you get to know me more. So I think it's counterintuitive. I'm very much like no news is bad news. Like let's, Mm -hmm. There can't be like, it can't be this good. And I think maybe that's part of the de- defense mechanism, right? Of going like, I don't want to be caught unaware again. Yeah. So let me like get ahead of this thing, you know? And so where, I don't know where the line is of like, okay, I'm being too much of a hypervigilant, like control freak versus mm-hmm. just, and that, that's the thing too. You also need to have part times in your relationship where you let it breathe. You know, you have to bank good days a lot. You know, you have to bank good days. And I remember, for Jade and I, my ex-husband and I, we had a full year of trying to make the relationship work after I found out about the affair. And it wasn't a lot of good days. And it wasn't those bad days. It was just heavy all the time. You know, so if you're trying to repair a relationship, you do have to have some days where you're just like, we're having fun. We're enjoy, we're enjoying each other again. And that's so hard when you're going through something like infidelity or going through something uh, like loss or betrayal or whatever, because it almost feels like when it's easy or if it's light, it's almost like you're letting the person off the hook or like you're forgetting about And I think as women, I'll just speak for myself. I'm always like, but remember that thing? Like we still have to deal with that thing, right? Like we still, that's still there. So if it's like too good, I'm like, but don't get too comfortable. Remember the thing we had to talk about? So, you know, I think it is a balance of banking a lot of good days and then being like, Hey, like check in. And I think if we have something scheduled, like maybe it's a, even just once a month date night, right. It doesn't have to be once a week. But once a month to be like, are you good? Anything coming up? I mean, you yeah. you and Jeff have the JAR, which I think is really like a good acronym. We've talked about that a little bit mm-hmm. about just like getting on the same page and being like anything you want to bring up, like I'm open to it. I'm not going to be defensive. would love to hear where you're at with things. And if it's you're good, you're good. But I do think creating space for both people to share. I like I like what you said about creating space when things are heavy, just to still bring some lightness back, because especially when things are heavy, 
you need to weave those in. And I know Renelle Nelson, when we had her on the podcast, we've had her on the podcast twice, a uh, noir sex therapist, she was talking about pleasure and she was like, you still need to have pleasure. And so it's so hard, maybe, especially betrayal, I would say to still have sex with your partner and still enjoy yourself. But she's like, you still deserve to have that. Even if in the back of your mind, you're like this motherfucker. <laughs> so it's such a, it's such an interesting thing. And I know when she talks about that, I was kind of like, dang, Yes, like you still should have pleasure, but also with the person who hurt you is is a tricky piece. But to your point too, just to have fun or just to keep things light and just to kind of forget about the thing for a moment. You don't have to just harp on it all the time because it is so hard. I mean, you know, we went through this last year um, with my mom passing away, and it was probably a week later. Jeff and I went to the lake and went stand up paddleboarding, and it was just like nice to get out and get away from the house and to get away from all the flowers and just to kind of not like forget it happened. We, we, you can't forget, but it was just like, get away from the heaviness of it all. And I think that's really important. So I'm glad you brought that up. I also think though, sometimes what's really tricky is when things are hard and then another kind of bad thing comes up and you're like, fuck, things are already hard. And I got to bring this other thing up again. And you feel like you're digging a grave. Like this relationship is not, is not going to make it out of this. Cause things just keep getting shittier, but I think it's really important to still bring them up because I, in my kind of, in my opinion, I'm like, when everything's bad, let's just throw it all out on the table. Like, let's just <laughs> like, all right, here, let's just dump out the rocks because we're already in a shitty spot. We might as well just, and sometimes we've had this conversation. I'm like, oh, okay, what else? Anything else? Let's just get it all out now. And in my opinion, sometimes that's the better time to do it, but I guess you might have to look at what's going on and if it's necessary at the moment to bring, to bring it up. Well, you also have to pick and choose your battles, right? Like, mm -hmm. so, um, you know, I have a friend who has been dating, uh, someone for years now and sort of uh, continues to sort of bring up the same kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know, I think you have to sort of at some point be like, okay, if I, if I keep feeling, and I've certainly had this experience as well, where I keep having the same issue in the relationship and I, I do keep bringing it up and it keeps like not really changing, you know, I, there's only one of two things I can do. I either have to get right with it and be like, Hey, this is the person I'm with. And this is just how they are. And like, I just need to appreciate that about them. Or I need to figure out a way to like, for that not to bother me, or I have to leave the relationship if it's that mm -hmm. big of a deal for me. Yeah. And cause if you have the conversations and I think this is like, you have to pick and choose your battle. So if you do want to bring something up and you're like, this is important to me, kind of like filter it through, you know, I always try and filter it through like, okay, is this just something that I'm feeling because I'm feeling insecure, right? Or I'm getting my period or I'm hormonal or like, this is just a day where I'm like irritated or is this actually something that I don't know that I could deal with long-term and I have to like sort of nip it in the bud now, or at least bring it up to see where the other person is at. They don't necessarily always have to change, but it might be something I have to bring up. And but I always filter it through like, what are my non-negotiables? Right. And mm -hmm. everything else I got to figure out a way to be okay with. Like, that's just the, per like, for example, being with me is not the easiest because I'm fucking messy. Like I'm just super messy. And I think for a lot of people that would be a, a, a game changer. Like that would be a deal breaker. Yeah. So, you know, what are the things for you that are important? And then two things, three things like, and those are the things that we bring up if there's an opportunity to, and everything else you got to figure out yourself. It can't be like, then it turns into like nitpicking yeah. and like nagging. And like, all of a sudden the person is walking on eggshells, you know, yeah. on either side of things. And so I think, you know, pick and choose your battles is key. You're not that messy. 
but <laughs> it's only because you're you're not quite as messy as me, but you're like almost there. So I yeah. think we're both it's fine. We're like, all right, I can handle your amount because we're about the same. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> I had a thought and it just disappeared. Um you know it reminds you of the mess though, is like I don't think you I don't know. You, did you see the Harry Potter movies or read the books? No. You didn't, right? Mm-hmm. But there's like this part in in one of the Harry Potter books where there's this like um, I don't know, it's like a chalice and it's called Hufflepuff's Cup. So, but it's magic. So when you touch it, mm-hmm. if you touch it, it it goes to two. And then it, if you touch it again, it goes to four, and then it goes to six and it goes to eight or whatever. And that's literally how I feel like my entire living space is. There's like one thing. And then all of a sudden, like everything explodes. Like if you and I, if you have traveled with Dandy and I, like our, our literally our bags, our baggage just explodes in a hotel room. Like within 10 minutes, everything is sprawled all over the hotel room. It's, it's like so true. Pops cup. <laughs> He's so multiplying. True. I'm like, literally I have this house that I'm in and I have no idea how like we filled the house in the last yeah. two years. Like, oh my God we've just like expanded all of our fucking shit into this house. (laughs) It's so true. And it's what's so hilarious about that is when I got robbed a couple months ago, the first thing I, so I walked into the house, the door was open and my suitcase was on the the couch because I was going to be sleeping in the living room. And at first I didn't realize we had been robbed because I was, my first thought was, I don't think I left that messy, but I am pretty messy when I open up my suitcase. And then I started going, wait, I didn't do it that bad. And then I saw all my stuff was scattered everywhere. My backpack was open, looked, my laptop was gone. My podcast equipment was gone. But literally my first thought was like, was I really that messy? (laughs) Because I usually am. (laughs) But I was like, that's a little more than usual for me. And then I was like, oh, we were robbed and we were ransacked. (laughs) You and you also, but, that's the thing, right? Like, let's say, okay, let's say you're dating someone and they were like, Danny, your mess is really a deal breaker for me. That's hard, right? Yeah, like, definitely. Because you're like, I'll try, but also it's not my like natural being. Believe me, I wish I was neater. Like, that's, I'm not like bragging that I'm messy, but I wish I was neater. But at some point, you have to just go, this is kind of who I am, and I'll try my best, but I can't guarantee that I'm always going to be super neat and remember to put everything away. And I'm sometimes I get going with work and it's just not going to happen. So I think maybe communication around those things, like, hey, I'm going into a launch. I'm not really going to be like doing the dishes and doing laundry and like shit's going to look kind of fucked up for a week. But I promise after the launch is over, like I'll take care of shit, you know? So you maybe just have to have that conversation. I don't know. I mean, but I do think that sometimes things are deal breakers and that's okay. But there's always like some things that I feel like maybe the person doesn't know they're doing that when you bring it up, like, hey, this is really important to me. It's like, oh, I didn't even realize doing that. Yeah, no problem. But again, picking and choosing your battles. But I like the sort of like monthly check-in. I think that's good. Maybe even therapy for like uh, mm-hmm. preventative therapy. I think sometimes people think like, oh, you only go to therapy and something's wrong. Yeah. But it might be nice to just have someone else initiate the conversation. So you don't feel like you're the one, especially as women, we have the sensitivity around being a nag and like those kind of things. So it might be nice to just have like someone else initiate the conversation and sort of mediate it. So you don't feel like you're in charge of it. Oh, yes, I agree. And I just remembered what I was going to bring up, which was what you said about the period, which is so real, is we really do have to sometimes filter our anger or our issues with people was, is this a real issue that would bother me? Or am I just fucking hormonal? At least for me, like, this is very true for me. I, there's sometimes where I feel so ragey and I'm like, is this actually something that would piss me off? Or am I just like, I got to look at my calendar and I'm like, oh, nope. 
it's that time of the month and I need to chill the fuck out. And I hate to say that that's a real thing, but it really is. And we do have to be careful. I, you know, I do feel for the men in our life sometimes who are like, Whoa, what's going on with her? And (laughs) it feels real for us. And it could be a real thing, but like, are we making a bigger deal of it? Because we're literally on a hormonal. Right. And then like a a week from now, we'll be like, oh yeah, that was nothing. Yeah. (laughs) And embarrassed that we made such a big deal of it. Yes, totally. I just, I, and I know things that maybe bother me on a low level that are just like kind of whatever it's like, okay, you know, you're leaving something on the counter or something just kind of small, but when you're feeling hormonal, it's like you blow it up into such a bigger deal. So I do think we I know we have majority of women listening on the podcast. There are things we do have to just kind of filter th- things through and just go, okay, is this, is this the hormones talking right now? Or is this a real big issue? Totally. totally. I don't know. That's definitely something that I've had to, fi- I've found for myself over the last couple of years. It's definitely gotten worse. I used to, and maybe I just didn't recognize it when I was younger, but I feel like it's gotten worse. Um, mm-hmm. the last few years for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's hard because it does feel so real. Like you can know like, oh, this is, I'm probably like, this is a heightened emotion. Cause I'm mm-hmm. getting ready to ha- get my period or I'm on my period or whatever. Uh, but at the same time you can't like turn it off necessarily, you know? So maybe at that point you have to take a walk, you know, like maybe yep. just like be by yourself. Like don't, you know, like, and I think we kind of know that in time where we're like, okay, I'm like projecting this onto my partner and it's probably not their problem. That's why I think having like a standing maybe appointment for this Mm -hmm. stuff. And I loved how you said that because I think sometimes we think, oh, the chef stuff should just be spontaneous. Like we should just like want to go to dinner. Like, let's like, we want to like have sex or like, and I think that's true, but like, I don't know, you're busy. So I think it makes sense to schedule some things so that you make time for it. Cause I think these weeks can just go by and all of a sudden it's been two months, three months and you're like, are we good? Yeah. You know? And, and it's not to necessarily, you know, prevent. I think sometimes we think like, oh, if I can, and it's funny, I think women who have maybe not been through infidelity, who hear our story go like, just, they want to know like, what were the red flags and what were the things to look out for? And I don't know that you can, you know, I don't know in the moment that you can, especially you're with a partner, like a life partner. Like if they're having, I remember for my ex-husband, you know, he was going through some personal stuff and he was going through some things with like, not just me, but like other family members and things like that. And so at the time I kind of was just like, he's going through like a midlife crisis. Like I literally was like, I don't, he's, he's going through something. And I didn't, I, the, I did not believe it was an affair, you know, at all. And I know that your ex-husband, same thing, like you yeah. thought he was like depressed, you know, and then all of a sudden, so I don't, you always want to give your partner the benefit of the doubt too, right? You're always just like, they're going through something. I'm going to yeah. support them, be there for them. You're not going to immediately be like, they must be having an affair. Like, you know, so I think you also don't want to assume that. And I think that's a disservice to your partner to assume that too. So I don't know. I don't know if there's the right answer, but I do think that if you have something in place consistently, yeah, then, you know, you at least know that like we touch base this month. And I think that sometimes it's like, Hey, we're good. Like we're awesome. I feel yeah. good. Like, but I think it, having that dedicated time is important. I think so. I think, you know, it, maybe it's not sexy, but if, if you don't schedule it in, it doesn't get done. 
and it, it can easily slip through the cracks. Same thing with date nights and just yep. doing things that are fun totally. and some, you know, even sex. Sometimes it's just, there's a lot of things that it's so easy to pass in the night and be like roommates and not make time for each other. And I think scheduling things is important, whether it's a monthly thing, whether it's you go on a date and then you have a conversation after, I mean, you can make this work for your own relationship, but, and it could just be simple. Like, Hey, is there anything that's going on? I need to know about, or is there anything that I'm doing that I could be better for you? Um, I used to ask my partner, like, are there ways I can honor you or support you? And, and that makes it really open too. So they're like, well, actually you could support me a little better by not being such an ass. I don't know, but, <laughs> not but making it in, more. instead of saying, coming out with like, Hey, I got to share this thing. That's really bothering me. You can start with, Hey, is there anything that I'm doing that I can help you better with, or kind of make it more of a supportive conversation versus a like, Hey, let's just, let's just throw all the rocks on the table. <laughs> totally. Yeah, no, I agree. Start with like a positive, right. And just like mm-hmm. be open. Yeah. And And also just like set the tone for like, Hey, we, you know, let's have a conversation and let's try not to get defensive. Let's just like honor each other. Let's honor like Mm -hmm. where each person is and not make it mean anything about a relationship, but let's just, you know, have an open, honest conversation. And I think it gets easier the more you do that. Right. I think if you haven't done that ever, right. Or you haven't done that for a long time, it can feel like, (gasps) like this big, like we're having this like big conversation about our relationship, but if it's more frequent, then it's just like, boom, like it just, it's a nothing, right. It's like, cool. It's like, we checked in, we're good. We moved on. And it doesn't feel as sort of a big deal or as scary, maybe. Yeah. One thing I, I just one more thing I was thinking of. Sometimes I have these conversations with Jeff. And one thing I appreciate about him, although sometimes I wish he would just fire back at me. Like sometimes I'm in a mood where I just want to <laughs> say something and then just have him come back with a response. But I'll share and he'll just he'll first say thank you for sharing that with me. Sometimes I just want him to just give me an answer and defend himself. I'm like, okay, what's your defense though? But he first says, <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing. And I'm like, okay, but what, you know, what do you have to say? But I do appreciate that actually, because it means he's taking time to actually appreciate that. I did share, even if I'm kind of attacking him or coming at him with something. So it's something that I've, since he's done it to me, I try to practice back to him, even though sometimes I want to just jump right into my defense yeah. as well. So taking the time, cause I think this made me think of it because he said, try not to get defensive. I think it could be so easy to get defensive. And I am definitely one to just jump to defense, I think. So taking a pause and thanking them for sharing, knowing that it could be hard to share these things and knowing that like it could start a fight and it could make things tough for a little bit. So thank you them for sharing before you go into any kind of defense and kind of taking a beat and taking a breath before you have the conversation, I think is a good tool. Yeah. And I actually don't think that like a fight is like a bad outcome, to be honest. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I think that's not, the goal is not like fight prevention. Like you need to have fight, fucking have fight, you know, yeah. makeup sex is always amazing. Like just go for it. Like to me, you know, don't say something that you're going to regret later. Like we know what that difference is when you're getting like super emotionally hijacked and like, you just say like, you're being a fucking asshole or like, fuck you or like whatever. Like, I, I don't know that I could ever even say that, but you know, don't say something you're going to regret, but like, I don't know, like, it's okay to sometimes have it out, especially if maybe things have been building, like just fucking go for it, you know? And I, I think you can handle it. You know, it's, uh, I was asking my brother about this. I was like, you know, what's the longest you guys have ever gone without, I said, you know, without talking, like, are the silent dreaming? Cause they've been together like eight years and whatever. And he goes, usually if it happens, it's like a 24 hour thing. Like it's not usually long. He goes, but we've had, he goes, but we've had a couple three day silent retreats. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like, <laughs> three days silent retreat. <laughs> had a couple of days. Oh, three days silent retreat. <laughs> like, We're well, having a silent retreat yeah, right yeah. now. That's what he says. Uh, that's, you know, I don't know about you, but some of the worst for me is when the silent and the waiting and not talking. I'm like, I'd See, rather start. I actually I'd- really like it. I do mm. like it sometimes. Because I think I'm more like now I'm definitely more of a, um, we talk about like attachment styles. Things some people are more like an anxious attachment. I think I was that way with Jade. I'm definitely more of an avoidant which is not necessarily good either, right? We all want to sort of be in a, a secure attachment style, but um, the book Attached is the one that kind of goes through this if you guys are interested, but um, I'm more of like an avoidant. I'm like, I need space. I'm like, I'll come back when I'm ready to talk. But in the meantime, you should try and get in touch with me. But yes, I available. see, that's it. So I, <laughs> that's my problem. I'm like the, I'm like, I don't have to talk to you, but like, you better tell me everything you're feeling. Like I need <laughs> you to talk, but I don't have to, like, I can go away. I can go get an Airbnb by myself for a couple of days and figure it out. So I got it. So but you know what though? It, it's kind of spicy. Like I kind of like, I don't know. It's like, there's anticipation a little bit of like, what is the other person thinking, you know? And, and I know this feels weird to say, but I don't know. There's anticipation that way. And a lot of times when you go through something like that, where you don't talk for, you know, a few hours, you don't talk for a day or two, like you really remember how much you love the person, you know, you really like to me anyway, I'm like, yes, like I miss the person. Like I miss talking to them. I miss like knowing what's going on. Like I do come around to like, yeah, I want to be close again, you know? And sometimes that's, it does remind you like of, of the person and why you love being with them. Well, good point. Um, well, this is, this is fun. I'd like to hear how people keep their status quo going. You guys mow the lawn. (laughs) Yeah. Do you weed the garden? What do you do? Yeah. Let us know. And please subscribe to the podcast if you have not, so that you are given a little ping. Every time we release new episodes, we do release new episodes twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays, if you didn't know that. And, uh, we've been staying pretty consistent there. So we're trying to keep it up and we love to have you guys share your insights and what you got out of the episode. So hit us up in the DMS on Instagram or go to the bestlifepodcast.com and find us in the Facebook group. Love it. See you All guys right. Too. Bye. See guys. Ya. Bye.